Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birkin Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. When you travel around Acadiana, it's amazing how many talented people live in this part of the world. You can stop in almost any small town and find a handful of people living there who are doing something sensational. Take, for example, Eunice. After being born and raised in Eunice, Michelle LaFleur McFadden went to college for electrical engineering and get this, got a job with NASA. From 1988 to 1998, Michelle was space shuttle flight coordinator at NASA's Mission Control. Now that's one job you can't bring home to Acadiana, so when Michelle and her husband, NASA co-worker JP, decided to move back to Cajun country, they had to find something else to do. And that's when Michelle and JP discovered the Great Harvest Bread Company and opened a bakery on Calisaloom in Lafayette. Neither Michelle or JP had baked bread before, but hey, it's, it's not rocket science, right? <laughs> Michelle LaFleur McFadden, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. It is so good to have you. Now, Lori Walls comes from one of the most familiar families to folks in Eunice, the Johnsons. Lori's grandfather opened Johnson's Grocery in Eunice back in 1939. Back then, Johnson's was the first place in Acadiana to commercially sell boudin. In 2005, after 68 continuous years, the family business closed down in Eunice. Meanwhile, Lori was working for an optometrist in Lafayette. In her off hours, she was smoking meats and making boudin at home. In 2008, Lori and her husband Greg opened the second generation of the family grocery, including an 80-seat restaurant in Lafayette. They called it Johnson's Boucanier. Today, Johnson's in Lafayette is already approaching institution status in Lafayette, like its predecessor, Johnson's in Eunice. Lori Walls, welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. Thank you. Now, for Michelle, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Great Harvest Bread Bakery seems to have a fairly unique business model. It's a franchise, but unlike other food franchises that work on the exact replication of everything in every outlet, you operate what Great Harvest calls a freedom franchise, which seems to mean you can do pretty much whatever you want, from grinding your own wheat to baking bread from scratch. How does Great Harvest control and regulate a franchise network like this? And from your side, why do you need to pay into a franchise if you're all that self-sufficient? What do you think? It is. It's a unique situation, and we fell in love with the product first. In Colorado, we went to a Great Harvest, never knew it was a franchise. Now it you, doesn't look that way. You lived way. out there for a we while. We lived out okay. there for about six years, and uh, we're loyal customers there, mainly because they have whole grain bread, healthy bread, not a lot of ingredients, real simple. And... Um, what's really, once we started looking into it, what's really great about it is you can have your own 
uh, your own theme, your own concentrations. For example, we do king cakes. Yes, that wouldn't be done Another in great harvest does, would not really know what that is. Um, but um, the reason it works for us, it was like you know any small business when you jump off the cliff to own your own business. It wasn't as high a cliff okay. knowing that we had 30 years of experience behind the name. Um, there aren't many, there's only one other in Louisiana right now, so um, it's new to this area, and we've been, we've been uh, there for 12 years, we've had our store. But, um, you know, what's great is, I don't have to concentrate on what an ad might need to look oh, like, I see. or yeah. what the um, logo should be. All that was done, and it's almost like they're a consultant for us. We get to concentrate on day-to-day -day operations, the people coming in the store, the projects we want uh, to do with maybe nonprofits, and those basic, um, you know, aspects of business are sort of taken care of. And how we did don't that work, have. By the way, do they? Pit, did you go out and pitch them to say I want to yes, open it in Lafayette? Yes, they take applications. Not that many a year open. It's a small. It's there are only two hundred across the U.S. That's small yeah. in franchise, um, the franchise world, and um, so it was. It fit perfectly with us. Freedom. Um, is what we wanted. We wanted to be able to look at our customers and hand them what we made that day, rather than working for a large corporation, as our earlier... Um, Do you ever get to use your, your old skills, like the bread's <laughs> coming out of the oven, it's like two minus four, it's going to be ready, <laughs> something like that. That's funny, no, but every once in a while, when I'm on the counter shift, I'll say, JP, I'm on console today, and he's like, <laughs> it's not console, it's counter, and I'm like, oh God, or I'll say, copy that, when someone oh. says, we ran out of something, and they're like, do what? <laughs> you talking uh, military time? <laughs> that would be the other the other thing. Now, Lori, you worked in the family grocery as a kid, and your dad was the last member of the family to run the Eunice store. There's a big difference between working in a grocery store and running it, uh, to say nothing of the added challenge of running a restaurant. Uh, when you opened Johnson's uh, Boucanier in Lafayette, what did your dad warn you about? Did he take he his side? <laughs> You know, he is a very laid-back type of person. So he, I wouldn't say he really gave me much to, you know, worry about. Um, he now was he's very supportive. And he's in there now, right? Oh, he's, yes, he's like yes, the, he definitely. the greeter. Yes, he, That's so he takes cool. everyone's order. It's all, all the um, lunch orders and sandwich orders are handwritten. So he's there taking down the orders, and he helps us with... Um, uh, pricing the uh, boudin sausages and things that we package and just oh, a wealth of great. information. He's quality control, you know. Um, <laughs> now some people, you must get folks from out of town, maybe out of the country, that actually don't know a lot of the items on your menu, right? Right, absolutely. They're not sure what boudin is. Does um, dad straighten them out on that? Oh yeah, definitely, okay. <laughs> definitely. He's, he's very happy to give them a little sample and give them a little tutorial on the ways to eat boudin and how to prepare it. One of the coolest things about today is the fact that you two are like childhood friends, right? right. Yes, 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 we both grew up in Eunice and I have many good memories of Johnson's grocery store. You know what's unique about their store back in Eunice is they deliver. So we would order groceries. It's the one person that could knock on the door and you would sit and watch TV and he would just walk right in and put the groceries right there on the, the kitchen table. And wow. no worries back Food then. Food and delivery. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Waiter Uber Eats doesn't know this. This is <laughs> terrific. They, uh, 
funny story about Johnson's is I'd go out with some of Lori's older cousins and time to go home, 2 a.m. We'd drop her off at the store, and she was she was in 2 a.m. for making boudin for the next morning. <laughs> no sleep there. Yeah, now this, this gig you've done for yourself is a lot of work. I it mean, is. Uh, it definitely would, is. It's one of those things where if hours. I went in or went in, indeed, I wouldn't kind of get it, but there's a lot behind it. Absolutely. So, like, when are you making all these, these meats and things? Well, I, I have a great crew that helps. I mean, my staff is wonderful. So we delegate, you know, the different um, preparations to different staff members. But, but there must have been, you know, we, your dad had a grocery. You've got this combination restaurant. What were some of the hurdles you faced uh, before you could open a restaurant? seems to be a lot of... Well, I, I got a lot of help from my dad and just advice from him on what, what to do, but also went to the uh, Small Business Development Center at UL, and my husband had his own business, so he was invaluable in helping, you know. With now, more and more people tell us about this program at UL. Yes, it was a huge help. Kind of, a couple of people said it kind of gave him the confidence to, to go forward. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, do, do you still, um, are they still available for you to talk to? If, uh, I believe you, they are. I, I hope they are because I tell yeah. so many people <laughs> who are thinking of opening up a business, I'm like, go to the Small Business Development Center. Yeah, yeah, that's, so. uh, that is great. Now, what, you have this, this franchise that's kind of loosely formed. Uh, you mentioned like you have King Cake and they don't have King Cake. When you bring in a new product like mm -hmm. King Cake, do you have to run it by... Headquarters? Or? You don't actually. Um, there's some good standard 30 year recipes that almost all of us use the good honey hole wheat. That, and so we use a lot of those basic recipes. And it's more like a sharing environment. We have a, an internet, you know, secret, uh, you know, a private internet between owners. So we can say, hey, this is working great in our store. You guys should try this. We have taught many, we've actually taught many bakeries how to do king cakes. So oh. every once in a while, some local, you know, some LSU, UL people will track down their great harvest and be able to get king cakes at their store and you know, uh, New York or uh, Anchorage or anyway, <laughs> but um, we don't have to pass that across the franchise, but they do tend to share things that are winners. So yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. King cake season is wonderful for bakeries. Man. It's an extra season for us after ho the holidays. So Jeez, and, uh, we, we you know, love it. In other cities, they would be surprised to find a plastic baby inside <laughs> their food. I think uh, we have to explain that one. I know. <laughs> the now, who do you think your competition is? Because I, I've asked this once to a guy that ran flower shops, and, and he mentioned other flower shops, but also the supermarkets. Is that kind of exactly. how you feel? Definitely the grocery store, because it's really easy to just go through that bread aisle. So I camp out at the bread aisle, and I just call people out. No, I'm not going to. No. That would be no. good. Uh, um, but it's... Uh, it's a second stop. I'm a mom with four kids. I know what it means to have to stop somewhere extra, you know, to get bread. So we try to make it worthwhile. We offer several, well, we offer lunch and other things besides bread, um, sweets, and um, a variety of breads. So we hope that it's worth the stop for people to come in. Do you get the, is it the kind of person who's more into natural food would go to yours? You know what? We get the gamut. We have a lot of salespeople that come in in the morning for sweets. Oh, to bring to their to, clients? Yeah, to bring to their clients. We have, um, we do lots of gift baskets during the holidays. 
Um, but there's definitely the older crowd is the more healthy, wise, you know, yeah. people that are looking for the whole grains. And then um, somebody just wants to splurge. Right before hurricanes, we get the people who need their comfort food, and they come <laughs> in. I bet that's true. Um, and then the lunch crowd is a totally different crowd than buying bread. I mean, you know, businessmen or moms that are um, about to pick up their kids will come in to have tea or coffee. We do. We have a full uh, coffee bar, espresso. So there are a lot of aspects of the store. So we get a lot of different types in. It's it's well, fun. Now, Laura, I have to ask you. You opted not to reopen or you know, start your own place over in Eunice. You decided to be in Lafayette. What was behind that? Well, I was living here in Lafayette, had a family here, and just realized that I would need to do it here. I was homeschooling my kids. Okay. And so just Lafayette is our home, and we decided to bring a little bit of the prairie, you yeah. know, Cajun culture to And you have Lafayette. a bigger market than you know, oh, yeah, Lafayette, absolutely. a significantly larger absolutely. town. And then you're on the... Um, you're on the outskirts of downtown, right? Right. Yeah. Now, the fact that downtown is seems to be on the verge of taking off, uh, this has got to oh, be good for you, yeah, right? That's really very good. We've always loved downtown, but now that there are so many new opportunities showing up there, it's, it's really a plus. So these other businesses actually create, uh, just create traffic that's eventually going to help you out? You think is that how we should yeah, think of it? Yeah, and, you know, all of, as, as far as I have been able to see, all of the downtown restaurants really help to support each other. You know, it's so not it, like this cutthroat competition. Yeah, was, that's what I'd be... It's, everyone is happy to have more choices and more uh, just comrade in arms, I guess you would say. You know, I think that is kind of a South Louisiana thing, because in other parts of the country, I think they do go... There's a lot of competition between the... Uh, in the and industry. I think that's evolved because even the chefs that stand out in Lafayette, they've started doing things together. And I think they've realized, you know, collaboration gets you a lot further than competition. And, you know, competition's good, but that collaboration, it's the relationships that you build. You, you know, you have new customers that way and everybody can help everybody. I'm very glad she's in Lafayette because I, <laughs> I wouldn't have any other food ass, so... Um, <laughs> We, uh, we love having Johnson's here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is that contested that your dad was the first, I guess, purveyor of, of Boudin? I guess this. No one has ever really contested that. It I think started that's so in the great. 40s, and I think up until that point, you know, other families made Boudin as part of a boucherie. In fact, my dad tells me that um, my grandfather. The first boudin that they sold was actually leftover boudin from some other neighbor's boucherie. And so at first he wasn't making it. It was actually bought from a friend. And then they started to develop their own recipe and started making it at the store. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are childhood friends from Eunice who both now have retail food businesses in Lafayette. Lori Walls is the co-owner with her husband of Johnson's Boucanier, and Michelle Lafleur McFadden is the co-owner with her husband of Great Harvest Bread. Now you, I would think in both of your businesses, you might have, do you both have to like get in really early? Um, 
At the beginning we did, yeah. I mean, I, I have good people that will do that. I mean, as a, um, as a retailer and bakery owner, you're always, especially my husband, is always on call. If someone, mm -hmm. if someone doesn't show up, right. then it's him running to the so store. So there is a group that shows up at like 5 in the morning? 3.30. 3.30, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What about yourself? Well, for us, my husband starts the uh, roasts and everything that smoke. They smoke around 12 hours. So oh. it's a long process. So he starts them around 3.30, 3.45. And then I get there usually every day around 6 to start the breakfast prep. We have breakfast and lunch that we offer. So I'll start prepping around 6. And then, you know, we just... And there are many times where his office is actually right across the parking lot from where oh, okay. the restaurant is. So he'll work on his uh, design and architecture uh, drawings, and then I'll have to call him every once in a while and, hey, come and help. Come on. <laughs> now, you had your dad to help you on the business side, but what about Michelle? You, um, you know, came... That, that NASA bread connection is it, not something you hear about all the time. Yeah, it's a little hard. We, we say we were, um, we're fermentation engineers now instead, <laughs> of, instead <laughs> of electrical. Yeah, um, my, my mother-in-law was an awesome baker, and she, JP, my husband, has used some of her recipes for the holidays. And, um, but what we've always heard was when you own a small business, it's mainly keeping the business afloat and Thriving is the hardest part, rather than the product that you're actually. So now that serving. part, you didn't come with a lot of background. S so my husband had an MBA. By oh. the time, by the t he was going to night school while at NASA. Yeah. So he felt really confident about the business plan and working those early, you know, um, proposals, and that came pretty easy. So he felt like I can run an o my own business, but what that would be and how that got determined, you know, it just, it just. It's just the way it was, I guess. <laughs> just well, an MBA and a MBA husband and a dad. This is uh, these these yeah, both work these pretty well. Come in handy. Now, Lori, Michelle, it's time for the part of the show we like to call your brother-in-law. Uh, you're finally <laughs> wrapping up a long day of work when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls when he wants to pick up leftover food from your store for his monthly Thursday night poker game. But this time, the conversation's a little different. Michelle, your brother-in-law says he was coming to your place from across town this morning, and it took him about 45 minutes in traffic. He's prepared to tough it out because he's your brother-in-law, but most people from this side of town just aren't coming over to you. It's time you open a second branch. Your brother-in-law is prepared to quit his job at the rice mill and run it for you. What do you say? <laughs> well, I love my brother-in-law, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> opening another store is like having another child, and, and it's a lot of work, and we've considered it many times, and going through all of those implications of what does this mean for our life, it's like, no, that's okay. We're happy where we are. So and, that's uh, interesting. I was thinking, you know, you'd be doing a lot of numbers about what, would, what a new store would look like, but you're smart enough to know to look at what would it do to our lives. Yes. We, I mean, having four children, my baby's still 11 years old, so we're still in the thick of things. Um, and I'm thinking we, future employees. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. Like, and they, they do work <laughs> on the weekends. But, um, 
yeah. We, yeah I'm, you know. You're I'm, happy. Yeah, I'm happy. Yes, why, 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 yeah. why break all that up? Because, uh, <laughs> now, Lori, your brother-in-law says he's got a great idea for making you and Greg at least another 50% on top of what you're making now at Johnson's uh, Bucaniere. It's simple. Uh, don't close at 3 p.m. Stay open until 7. Uh, you don't ha even have to work it. Your brother-in-law says he's prepared to quit his job and take over Every day from 3 to 7, he's prepared to split everything he makes on this shift 70-30 with you. What do you say? <laughs> we were open later on weekends for a while and then decided to just go ahead and close at 3. Um, because I think my philosophy is if I'm not willing to do it myself, to stay open that late and be there, on, you know, I'm just not going to do it. It's a similar philosophy to what. Uh, That's right. So Michelle you could have feels. other folks, but you feel like you have to. You've got. You've got to be willing to do that yourself. I do. Yeah. yeah. And what about what about the question that Michelle answered so well about looking at it from a numbers point of view versus a, a happiness point of view? Is yeah, it? I totally agree with what she said. It's you have to think about your family, and that was behind the decision to close at three. Also, you know, thinking about family time and being able to separate yourself from the business, you know, it can really take over. It can take over your life. You know? It's funny, you talk to so many people that, you know, don't, don't look at both sides of the equation and that a lot of them end up, you know, kind of regretting it. So yeah. uh, it doesn't hit you till the business is up and going. And then, you know, you've prepared and prepared for that day of opening, but you ha don't really know how to prepare for when it's going and it won't stop, right? So, um, yeah, it's... And I like Michelle's example about like having a second child. It's like, <laughs> people always say, it'll be less work. It's like, they're assuming the first kid is gonna raise the second. I don't know, what, I don't know what's happening. That's not what I found in my, in my work, actually. I am really lucky in that I, my kids work with me, my husband helps out, I mean, my sister comes in and helps, you know, so I have a lot of wonderful help. But down, you know, on the other side of it, I think, but I want to be able to do it also, you know, and be there to help as and well. Plus, so. And plus, uh, Lori, you've, you were homeschooling the kids, so I mean, yes. it wasn't as if they were on a bus somewhere and you had this free time. Right. How did that, did that work out better for you or was it tougher? I have to tell you, I thought I could handle it better than I did. Uh, really, we only, for about three or four months, homeschooled. We opened in April and then the uh, school year ended in May and then we realized that this was probably a little more than what we could do. Yeah. So the kids did go to a traditional school after that. But Michelle when I was reading your background, I didn't really know well. Michelle homeschools. Oh, you did? Yes. All four? Yeah, I'm still in the middle of that. So, so you know, Lori's in her store, like she said, at six. I don't go into the store usually till the afternoon. So my husband and I almost kind of have shifts, you know, and in 12 years, you know, 12 years old, the bakery, we, we have lots of good people. So, but yeah, that, that's why, yeah, they, my kids are in the store sometimes. We're like, okay, this is the math lesson today. Mm -hmm. Count how many bags of bread <laughs> you need to <laughs> bag today. No. And they really are learning a lot too, being there. Running you know, a small I know business, yeah. Having been at the grocery store when I was younger and just seeing all that went into it, you really learn a lot by just being around the business too, even at a young age. It's not just what everyone's telling you. Oh, yeah. You, you really kind of. You made yeah, up your own it. SAT questions, you know. Bob, 
Bob leaves Cleveland driving 45 miles an hour with, with a truck of bread. There's a, yeah. And I have to ask you, because you're, you're both from Eunice, how are things in Eunice these days? I, you know, what's funny is my parents get here, just like your dad, get here more than I go over there because right. there's more pulling them here, like doctor's appointments and stuff. But I have been there a couple of weeks ago, and um, things are going well. There's always, you know, a, a, a new fast food joint open right. or something something new. Um, all my, f my relatives and folks are doing good out there, and I think... You're not upset that you became a city girl? Oh, that happened such a long time ago. <laughs> they you can't know? still hold that against yeah. you. There. Yeah. <laughs> Lafayette's close enough, though. You know, that for those guys that live, Lafayette being the hub city, for all those folks that live like Eunice Crowley, off, it's, just, it's just not even um, a thought to come to Lafayette back. You know, it's a, a quick errand. So. When I asked about uh, Eunice, I think I have to follow up asking uh, the, the downturn in the oil industry here in Lafayette, do you feel it? I've noticed it a bit, but we're still doing fine, you know, so I don't think it's affected us tremendously, but there's, there was a slowdown, I'd say, and, especially and it's, over it's the, the summer. It's the same for us, too, because like I said, those salesmen, some of those sales, a lot yep. of those salesmen were oil guys. You, what you don't realize is that you don't realize the dependency on them until they're gone, and then it's right. like, wow. We've, we've making all these suites and there aren't any more sales guys coming in. What's up? So it, it's definitely affected us. Um, I think with lower oil prices, you'd need to bring more donuts. That's uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, we'll do a study later and see how that works out. Acadiana is famous for its food, but even the food that we regard as traditional today had to have it start sometime, somewhere. And these dishes didn't just drop in from heaven. Somebody had to create them. Lori, your grandfather pioneered the sale of boudin and Eunice, and today you're carrying on the family and Acadiana's traditions at Johnson's Boucanier in Lafayette. Michelle, you and your family are creating a new generation of food traditions at Great Harvest. It's been great to meet both of you, and I look forward to keeping up with you in the future. So thank you, Lori and Michelle, for taking the time to join me today and Out to Lunch. Thank, thank you for having you. me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Lori Walls. She's the co-owner of Johnson's Boucanier and Michelle LaFleur McFadden, the co-owner of The Great Harvest Bread Company. You can find out more about Lori's Meats and Michelle's Baked Goods by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe V is open Monday through Friday, six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Ann Christian. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook, Nicholas Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is pet and family friendly with free parking, free Wi-Fi, and meeting and event spaces for weddings, reunions, and all occasions. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. 
Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business, Acadiana style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including Lafayette and Lake Charles providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.